<laughs> okay. I said the word of God. The word of God is true. If I live the word, if I live the word, I will be blessed. I will be blessed. And if I don't, if I don't, I won't. I won't. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. <laughs> Tell your neighbor it's just that simple. Just that simple. If if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter six. And we were talking we were talking about we were talking about this. We were talking about this today and uh you know, faith and patience is what we're gonna be talking about tonight. Uh really the the key to obtaining God's promises and uh, all of us can relate to faith and what the Word of God says and we can relate to patience. Uh, I really think sometimes, honey, we can get to the point when we have the faith we're going to talk about tonight, uh, especially the Abrahamic uh, type, that, that Abraham was just so convinced that God could do whatever God wanted to do. I think we could take a show of hands here, and unless you just got saved, you, you know what you believe in this regard. How many of you believe God is capable of doing anything he wants to do? <clears throat> so, therefore, our faith level finally gets to that point where it should. But when it talks about what we're going to talk about in Hebrews chapter 6, we don't always have patience to go along with that faith because we like to have things done quickly. Do you ever not have as much patience as you should have? Oh, yes. How <laughs> many of you do that? Tell us about it. <laughs> well, uh, actually, you know, the things that God gives us are by the Spirit, so they're not something we can see. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've heard some people say not yet seen. They will be seen, yeah. but we can't see them right That's now, right. at least and there's always circumstances and situations that try to stop us in our faith because our faith is very important. It's what brings heaven to earth, I believe. It's what causes the promises of God to manifest in the earth. And so it's very important that we stay in faith. But circumstances and situations can make things seem like they're not ever going to happen. How many of you have ever experienced? I mean, I still have some things God promised me long ago that still haven't happened but those things we have to keep our faith extended toward those things we can't let go of the faith and get impatient and then the enemy says it's never going to happen how many of you have ever heard those words it's never going to happen and uh so that the, what the enemy is trying to steal is our faith that's that's the thing he's after because he knows the power that we have when we believe now we're going to we're going to read here. How many of you have some things that you believe that God has shown you what's going to happen? Uh, maybe it's a directional thing. Maybe it's in regard to your finances. Maybe it's in regard to relationships. You know, who knows the gamut of what all it could be. But how many of you have some things that you've been standing for a while for, but you still haven't seen them? And and if you focus on them often enough, it can really start to affect you, and especially. If you're an impatient person and and what I'm going to paraphrase this for you just leading up to it, but it it starts in verse number nine of Hebrews and and really the the writer of Hebrews uh, uh, mo most people believe that it was Paul and uh, is that right Paul yeah and uh, some some say it wasn't but but regardless somebody wrote Hebrews and uh, but it's talking about how 
Well, it says in verse number 9, But, beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. Now, this was being written to people who had come out of Judaism, had received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but a lot of the promises that they had, they hadn't been fulfilled yet, and they were getting a little bit concerned about this. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence till the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, let's all say it. Through faith faith. and patience, patience. I will inherit inherit. all of the promises. I remember that when Brad and I first went to the Sudan back in, I think it was 2008, Brad told me, he came to me before we went together, and he said, would you mind if I would go to the Sudan with you? And I said, no, yeah, that's fine. You, have you prayed about it? And he said, yeah, I felt like, was it, how, how old were you when you first heard that word, Brad? Okay, 35, so it had been about two or three years since then. And, uh, and, uh, but, but when he was 35, several years before that, he had heard that he would go to Africa, to the continent of Africa. Sometimes, honey, we can get hung up. I basically do not like to make this confession, but I'm going to make it because you would make it for me anyway. I feel like I'm a very patient person as long as things are going right. <laughs> I feel like I become very impatient when things aren't going right. Can anybody relate to me out there that, okay, glory to God. But what we've got to do is be patient in, in everything. I know where you're going to go. But, but, but we've got to be patient in the promises. If there's anyone we could learn from, it's Abraham. Because he waited, 20, well, he didn't always wait patiently, but he was pretty patient, 25 years. Uh, he was 75 years when God spoke to him, 75 years old. And, uh, and, and that was a long time. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, that faith and that patience that uh, it, we can become sluggish in the things of God if we let them get us down. And there have been some things over the years that sometimes would get to me, and it's like we're going to talk about the definitions in just a moment. But, you know, sometimes they can start to get us down if we're not patient. Yeah, uh, Pastor Bill's very patient, actually. I mean, he can hold on to a promise and stand uh, when it comes to the things of God. In the natural, <laughs> Pastor Bill has a little hard time with patience with uh, things that are electronic. Uh, we're on our third computer uh, because one of them, uh, he became impatient, and he put it down a little harder than you're supposed to, and everything went black, and uh, that one went in the trash. And uh, and so, you know, he gets real frustrated. Anybody deal with frustration sometimes in situations? And so yesterday, when he told me this morning when he woke up, he said, I feel like I'm supposed to share tonight on faith and patience. Will you share with me? And I said, oh, yeah. Be happy to. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because most of you know he tells stories on me a lot of the time. But this one, yesterday, I went home, and uh, then I left, and I forgot my phone. I went back, and he was... he was. You uh, came in too quietly. I didn't hear you. Yeah, and he was, he was upset because the printer had started eating the paper, and he was banging on it, and he was trying to get the paper out, and he was yelling... And so I ran in there because, you know, I didn't want him to break the printer. 
And I said, it's, it's okay, just let's just wait a minute. And, uh, and so he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot it. I'm going to go get the gun, and I'm going to shoot it. I said, oh, Lord, now he's going to start shooting stuff. And so I said, it's okay, well, let's just get the paper out. So we got the paper out, pushes the button. You know, it's supposed to reload and go again. It wouldn't go. There was paper stuck all over in it. We had to dig in there and get He got all the paper out. Well, then la- la- last night he said, I need you to help me with this stuff that I needed to help him with that was bookkeeping things. So I'm at the kitchen table. I'm trying to figure out all this stuff he's given me to figure out from three years ago or two years ago and uh, stuff that he did that I don't know anything about, and he doesn't exactly remember all of it. So I'm trying to put, put my puzzle together, and I hear him go, ah, and I, <laughs> I thought, it's my computer because this another computer broke recently. He didn't do anything to that one that I know of, except they said it's been dropped. He said, I didn't do it. I promise I didn't drop it. And, he, and I don't think he did, but anyway, it's got, it, it broke. And so he's using my computer. And I thought, oh, boy, oh, boy, you know, here goes my computer. So I flew in there. He goes, everything just disappeared, everything. And he had typed this really long thing and that he had to do, you know, have you ever tried to do a really long thing? And, and then it was gone. He was like, I thought, I said, well, just just hold it, wait. And so I went around and I hit that little, there's a little doodad up there that if you hit it, <laughs> we're both real, we're real illiterate. We're illiterate, but we're not literate. And so I pushed that little button and what it does is it goes to the last thing you did and brings it back. It brought it all back. Thank you, Jesus. He looked at me, goes, well, that was a miracle. How'd you do that? <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said it's this little button. So if it does it again, please push the button. Don't shoot it. Just push the button because we really only got one computer left here right now. But anyway, so his patience is not good with that. You know, when you get impatient waiting on God to do something, you'll either become frustrated or you just give it up. You become sluggish. That's what that means. In other words, I just won't think about it. How many of you have ever thought, I'm just not going to think about it anymore? Because at least if I don't think about it, it's not going to bother me. But that's not faith. Everybody say, that's not faith. And so there's a reason God put through faith and patience. Not just through faith, but through faith and patience. Because I've found in my walk with the Lord, he tells us things way ahead of when they're going to come to pass. That's why faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If it, if it could be seen, it wouldn't be faith. So faith comes way ahead of the promise oftentimes. But patience is what keeps us in there till we actually see the manifestation of it. And so God wants us to not become sluggish or give up or become frustrated because either one of those will take us away from the promise that God wants to give us. That's a really good word, honey. And and really, you helped me out before, even with the, the printer, because it, it, it does frustrate me. I, it's a bad confession, but it does frustrate me. And then I found out there's a little thing on the back of the printer that you can unscrew and take the back of it off, and you get the paper real easy instead of beating on it and telling it what you think of it. And then when you told me this little thing, I still don't know what it is, but this little curly thing, that happened to me again today. And all of a sudden, it, it changed my whole world. I just pushed the little curly thing because it went blip and it came right back and I was just fine. And, and that's what yeah. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do yeah. is to teach us how to be patient in all things. Because if you study in the book of James chapter 1, I think it's 2, two 3, and 4 or somewhere around in there, it says, let patience have its perfect work. 
that you will be lacking nothing. And there are times when we lose that patience, we really get upset. And uh, the, the definition here, on the, what we just read in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, uh, <clears throat> number one, sluggish, it says, don't be sluggish. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be sluggish. Don't be sluggish. Sometimes we can get bogged down when we get so frustrated and impatient because it's not going well that we can get sluggish, slow-moving, inactive, lacking energy or alertness. How many of you have ever lost your energy over some stupid thing that went wrong, like a computer or whatever else, or me trying to tell Ted Reilly out there at Computers Made Easy, I did not drop it, Ted, I promise you I didn't. And he said, Bill, you've had to drop this thing. (laughs) Or thrown it, one. (laughs) Lacking energy or alertness, slow to respond, slow to make progress. Have you ever felt like you were just really treading? just on a treadmill, just like, well, I already got God said that all my needs are going to be met according to his riches and glory, and I can't pay my bills, and I don't have any money in the checkbook. Checks are bouncing. I don't understand it because I got more checks in the book. But anyway, you know, you know, you all know what I'm talking about. And then it says that we are to imitate those, uh, uh, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Imitation is to be like, to act like, whatever the Holy Spirit says, whatever God showed us. Faith is conviction, confidence, trust, belief, reliance, trustworthiness, persuasion, and inward confidence, assurance, and trust, and reliance in God and all that he says. How many of you have total trust in God? Can I see your hand? How many of you have a problem with patience? Can I see your hands? And that's where the challenge is. Now, I know that I have a short fuse sometimes when it comes to things that I should be able to do that I can't. I do know that. But I also know that from time to time, anybody can have a problem not being patient when you just see the same things over and over again. You really have to change your focus. Well, to believe for what we were, we've had to believe for for this church and then sometimes uh, it seems like you're taking a detour. Have any of you ever felt like, well, this is a big detour from what God said? Yeah. But it's not. Everybody say it isn't. See, on those roads that God takes you on, they're preparing you for when what the promise is comes to pass. Because when the promise comes, there will not be time to figure out all those things in our character that God's trying to do through patience. I believe patience is to do with character. Patience is to do with emotions, uh, things that we just naturally have to have God change in our lives. And he changes it through those things that we may think are detours when really they aren't a detour. You know, I, I thought God told me I was going to be in ministry. And now, look, there's nowhere for me to be in ministry. And all I got is this job. Everybody say that's not a bad detour. <laughs> that's got to do with character. Everybody say character yeah. and patience. Faith and patience is to produce in us what we need to be by the time God reveals those things that he's promised to us. I've seen that many times in my walk with the Lord, even back when we were at Victory in Tulsa, and that's been 25 years ago. Things God was doing in my life, I knew the word, but I was moved by things that caused me to get off of what I believed. In other words, I would go, I would get diverted Everybody say diverted. And through those things where I would get diverted, God would use those things to show me that weakness in my character that wouldn't keep me on track. I don't know about you, but we all have weaknesses. I have weaknesses. But we have to 
we have to practice staying on track in our faith. And patience is the thing that does that. That's why I believe it says let it have its perfect work. Patience works things in us. You know, I remember Charles Hackett out at First Assembly when I was first saved. He taught him patience once, and he said, you know, if you want patience, just uh, don't pray too long and too hard about it because you're liable to get your mother-in-law come live with you for <laughs> several months. <laughs> well, you know, not every mother-in-law is a bad mother-in-law, but what he was saying was, you know, you got to be prepared for those things that you're going to have to endure or walk through so that you can become who God wants you to become. And I, I really think you have to have patience in the natural realm that also carries into the spiritual realm and vice versa because if one of them gets out of whack, uh, your patience has grown better over the years with me. Yeah. It really has. Yeah. And because I used to be impatient with you. Yeah. How many of you realize opposites attract? And so when you meet somebody that's opposite, whoa, I really like you, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And then you try to change them to be more like you, and it just doesn't work. She didn't have the patience to allow me to change her the way I thought she should be, and I certainly didn't have the patience to allow her to change me. But what happens then is you eventually settle in to enjoy what the other person has and enjoy life that goes by because if you're impatient, it really ruins life for you. Yeah. This is what patience means. Uh, it, it, it's the fourth thing in that scripture. But uh, to be lenient, to be patient, to uh, endurance, long-suffering. Uh, we love that long-suffering stuff. Turn to your neighbor and say, I just love that long-suffering love stuff. love long-suffering. <laughs> and the ability to exercise restraint. The ability to exercise restraint. In other words, we can accept whatever is going on knowing that God has a better view and he's gone ahead and he's prepared the way and that whatever God said, he's going to do it. And in, in the book of Hebrews, honey, it's chapter uh, 10. We're going to be reading there, but it, it really is a powerful scripture also. The whole book of Hebrews is, but it says in verse number uh, 35, uh, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And that God has a will for us, and the will and what we're doing is confident in Him, so that if we don't see exactly what we think we will see when we think we should see it, it's not going to affect us at all. You know, if you look, if you just go back a second to uh, that other scripture, 612, it says that um, through faith and patience, then it says inherit the promises. An inheritance isn't something you work for. An inheritance is something you're given. It, it's, it's because of something that someone else really has done, something that they have, that you're going to receive. In other words, you inherit the promise. You don't work for the promise. Can I say that again? You don't have to work for the promise. Yeah. But what you do have to do is be patient, knowing that God is faithful who promised. Does that make sense? And so what, what our part is, is not to make the promise come to pass, because that's just going to happen. If we believe, if we stay in faith and patience, then we inherit. What does that mean? It means that God's going to give us the promise. We're not going to have to make it happen. Uh, in the years when we were at Victory, years ago, I remember one morning, I just felt like God said to me, 
uh, on this date, you will begin leading praise and worship. Well, I was just working. I just had it. I worked. Pastor Bill went to Bible school. The kids went to Christian school. And I worked and earned the income for our family at that time. Pastor Bill worked in the night school. And, and he was like part-time in the night school. So the main income for our family was me. And God knew I had a heart for worship. But I couldn't be in the choir. I couldn't be in those things because I was working. So nothing that I was doing looked like the promise that God had given me. Years before, I had been a choir director and done things like that. And one time when I was leading a choir, uh, it was a big choir. It was different churches in town. I was at First Assembly. And as I was directing, during one of those practices, I saw those people. And God said to me, turn around. The people that you will lead are behind you. And I thought, I'm not turning around. I mean, this is hard enough just looking at these folks, you know, because I wasn't one to really like to be in front of people. So I thought, I don't want to turn around. There's a whole bunch of them back there. <laughs> but, but, you know, I knew that it was God. Well, that, would been, that had been several years before I heard this again in Tulsa. And then when I heard it in Tulsa, he gave me a specific date. I thought, well, nobody's going to ask me to lead worship. They don't even know that I have a heart to do anything like that. I'm a... I'm the office manager for this Christian school at Victory. And I had helped Pastor Billy Joe in some things in his office, but it was all administrative, secretarial. It had nothing to do with music. Do you know one person somehow heard that I, I had a desire in the worship area? She told, evidently, this lady was coming to minister in her house. And they said, we need, on this date, to have somebody come and lead a few songs before this lady speaks and they called me and it was that date and I went there with fear and trembling and no keyboard no I had to lead acapella worship and this lady was a speaker out of Texas that they knew she was a real prophetic lady she was coming to speak that night I thought when it happened I thought oh god I don't want to do this (laughs) forget this I don't want to do this but I did it that night and I never did it again for like three or four years. But on that day, like God told me, I did do that. And he said, I told you, this is what you'll be. Well, it took a lot of patience then to just keep waiting and waiting and waiting and never be involved. I couldn't, I couldn't be involved in the choir. This, the, I was taking care of my kids. I had Bill. I had other things going on. Eventually, I had Uncle Gene. And I had Deborah. Those of you who know those stories, they came and lived with us. So I never at Victory ever led worship until the last six months we were there and bill was the director of bible school and they asked me to start playing the piano for worship in the bible school i started playing the piano pastor billy joe said to me i want you to lead worship one sunday a month with this whole vbi class leading worship in the main service on the night we left the night we left i led worship both services that sunday morning and that night and then i said see ya and that was lots of people. I came to Lafayette, and we had 50 people, and I led worship. Hallelujah, playing the piano. God knows the timing of things. What he's doing is perfecting character. Everybody say character. Until I could see, after all the things I went through in the time I was there, that would be things where I'd be called on to do something with music, and I would just panic. God was getting that thing out of me of performance, of doing things for people instead of doing things for him. And then finally, when he saw it was gone, then he put me in position. Patience. Everybody say patience. 
Patience has a work that it does in our life. And when we allow it to, then those things we have faith for, they'll, they'll, they'll come about. They will manifest because it's inheritance. Everybody say inheritance. It belongs to you. It's a promise. It's going to come, but it's because of Jesus and not because of us. And those things that God shows you that you put in your prayer journal, no matter how long it seems to take, you just continue to believe. Don't let it discourage you. Don't let it disappoint you. But there will be some things along the way that will give you an opportunity for that. And I remember that when, when God was speaking and, and doing some things in Pam and I's life, and, and, uh, and, and we, we felt that it was involving ministry and, and it was moving toward full-time ministry. And we got a call one time when I was the uh, assistant director of VBI, and they needed somebody. They wanted Pastor Doherty to come and uh, minister at the Tulsa County Fair. And uh, already I had a feeling inside me that something was coming. And uh, Pastor Doherty couldn't do it. And they called me and said, his office, and said, why don't you do it? And it's like, the Tulsa County Fair, the first time out of the chute, wow. And so I told Pam, I said, we're going to the Tulsa County Fair, and we're going to minister. And she said, what are we going to do? I said, well, you're going to play the piano, and you're going to lead worship, and I'm going to preach. And, you know, I just, I was really excited. Now, back in that era, and I'm not saying I have arrived, okay? I am arriving. So turn to your neighbor and tell him, he's arriving. He's arriving. And now turn back and say, and so are you. And so are you. Uh, uh, But back in that time, you, you had a lot of accolades and things coming that could puff you up a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Like... Hmm. You know, it would have been unwise for the uh, for the uh, donkey that Jesus was riding on to take a bow. It wasn't about him. It was about Jesus when they went into Jerusalem. And God has shown me that many times. So we go early to the Tulsa County Fair, huge thing. And it's in a 5,000-seat arena. And Pam and I get there early, and we got the we got the piano out, and I'm wired and ready to go. And 5,000 people this place sets. And as we got closer and closer to the start time, nobody came. And finally, when it was start time, I think it was 10 a.m., Two people walked in the door to fill a 5,000-seat arena. And they came downstairs, down there, and they said one right next to the other. And I looked at Pam. I said, well, what are we going to do? No, you said, what are we going to do? And I said, well, you're going to lead worship, and I'm going to preach. And we had two people show up in a 5,000-seat arena. You talk about feeling very humble, and we we laugh about that. At the time, I didn't know what to think. I thought, God, am I called? Am I not called? Are you keeping the people away? Where are all the people? But God will humble you to help you become all that he wants you to be. And we, we have seen that time and time again when things like that would happen along the way. And it's like, this isn't exactly the way I thought it would turn out. As a matter of fact, I've seen very little turn out the way I thought it would turn out. Can I see the hands of all the people you've experienced the same thing? It's like, this is not the way I thought it was going to work out, but it sure worked out great. We, we see that a lot, but yet if we'll just be patient, God will always, always bring it to pass for us. That became a little care group meeting. And those people were so nice to us. They were an older couple. And yeah. and uh, they sat, we just sat there and shared about Jesus and talked about Jesus and, <laughs> and uh, prayed together. And then we all went home. <laughs> 
we went home and they went back to the barn where they were with all their uh, they had some kind of animals there that they were showing but their rodeo or whatever was not rodeo but the they were they were judging and and doing things in the arena right next to us where all the animals you know were coming in and the people were but nobody was coming to church but that's when god's waiting to see are you still gonna are you still gonna be glad you're serving me are you still gonna be excited are you going to be as excited about two as you would be about 5,000? I mean, why are we here, really? What are we doing? When uh, uh, Pam and I used to play a lot of tennis, and Pam was really, really good. And uh, so we, I was standing on the promise. Let me see the hands of all the people you stand on the promises. You know, you're, you're doing what God told you to do, and you're being faithful. And I'm standing on the promise, but we have no money. And we've never had much money out there in Tulsa, but we saw these doors open. How many of you have a lot less money than what you thought you would have at this stage of the game? Can I see your hands? <laughs> My hand is up. But, but, but yet God said... I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. So that was the promise that I had, and I was trying to re- I was releasing my faith because I knew I had what the Word said. I knew that, but I also knew that when I looked in the checkbook, I didn't see it. And this one day, we, we, my car was running on fumes. Now, if you've ever heard the story of people say they just prayed over their gas and all that, that is true for me. And Pam had to play tennis in a fundraiser for the school uh, against uh, uh, the girls' tennis team. They got some of the staff to play. And, uh, and so, so anyway, I'm taking her to this tennis thing, and on the way I'm saying, God, I don't have any money for gas, and I don't know if I can get there or back. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm trusting God. I'm trying to, but I can tell my patience is wearing a little thin. Pulled up in the parking lot, got out of the car. Pam went on ahead to warm up for the tennis match. A guy got out of his car across from me, came over and said, Bill, God spoke to me this morning and said, bring you $20. Now, what God was doing was he was teaching me to walk by faith, to trust him, and to be patient in the midst of not knowing how I'm going to get my car there or get my car back. He's no respecter of persons. He's doing the same thing for each and every one of us. And if we'll not become impatient, that I took a detour one time. By the way, my wife beat the little girl from the high school, and the little girl sobbed all the way home. My wife was horrible. No, she really, she was a good tennis player. The girl thought she had a little muffin there to play against or something, and Pam, Pam really whomped her. But, but anyway, but now, I, I've not always done it right. I, I, when I was praying this morning, I hadn't shared this with you, but but that time that I left Victory Bible Institute as a student and uh, went to work at McDonald's because we all I didn't went to hell. I, I didn't have enough months. money. How many of you've ever? Like, it go was ahead. bad. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad because he it, decided he was going to go make money instead of doing what God said. We like to died, all of us, and the the whole bunch of us, our kids and us, because we only had one vehicle. And he had to be at McDonald's up by the airport in Tulsa, which, you know, it wasn't even close to where we were. I have to drive him there. I have to be up at 4 in the morning and take him to work. Then I have to go home and get the kids, get them ready, get them to the school, then go back, then pick him up on the lunch hour because sometimes he worked weird hours. All this so he could make money, which never seemed to be like there was any money, even though he was working. You know, it says how you uh, – it says in Haggai – like the money, it goes in your pockets, holes and it's like pocket. there's holes in your pockets. Yep. That's what it was like. And that went on 
like from January to May. It was a long season. I thought I'd, I thought I would help God. Can I see all the hands of the people that have ever really tried to help God along in this whole scenario? I was getting impatient. I was not getting impatient. I was impatient that I didn't. We didn't have any money. I couldn't take care of the family. And God, I'm going to dump this whole Bible school stuff, and I'm going to go and make money and help you out later on. It went from the frying pan to the fire. <laughs> it, was, it was really horrible, but. When God spoke into my heart that I'd made a mistake, I had to get back to Victory Bible Institute immediately. Nothing changed in the natural realm at that moment, but everything got set in motion, and God really began to move then because I opened myself up. And and really, finally, just I remember just sobbing, thinking, God, I don't know what to do other than what you're telling me to do. How many of you believe that's not a bad thing to do? (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, that's not a bad thing to do. In other words, whatever God's saying to do, just do it. And whatever you have to do in the midst of it all, it's all going to work out. You know, I think sometimes in the body of Christ, we miss what God's doing because we don't understand hardship has a purpose. Yeah. And that patience has a purpose. And... uh, And we want to have the kind of faith that Abraham had, but we don't want to have to do what Abraham had to do. It said Abraham had to leave his father's house, which was a huge thing in Abraham's day. I mean, families stayed together. They had the same trade. They did the same things. He had to leave everything he knew. And it says he had to go to a place that he didn't even know where it was going to be. In other words, he just had to say... You know, it'd be like Shane saying to Heather when she gets home tonight, hey, we're moving tomorrow, pack up everything. And she'd say, where are we going? He goes, I have no idea. But, you know, while you were at church, God spoke to me and we're leaving. You know, how many of us into this day and age would say, sure, no problem. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not living in that kind of culture. But that's what Abraham and Sarah did. They got up and they left everything to go to a place they knew nothing about because God said to do it. Well, that's faith and patience. And we know he gave her away twice to some other man. His patience wasn't so good either. So don't condemn yourself. I mean, this is Father Abraham. He gave his wife away twice. I told Bill, don't ever try that one. That one won't work. But, you know, he did. He gave his wife away because, you know why? Because he was scared for his own self. He wasn't worried about her. He was worried he was going to be killed because she was so beautiful. So he made some mistakes. But he did do what he heard God say. And if you read in Hebrews chapter 11, this is what it says. that These all died. It's Abraham and the rest of them that are listed above him in the faith word in Hebrews 11. These all died in faith, not having in faith. Everybody say in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar, afar off, were assured of them. In other words, their patience held them together all the way to their death. Embrace them, confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who, who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, now listen to this. If they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. In other words, if you don't let patience have its perfect work, then those things that you start calling to mind of the way it was, then they will have an opportunity to draw you back to them, and then your faith is done. You have been stopped. And that's a really, really good word, honey. You know, we, we reach the point when we have to understand 
that God has a master plan for the entire world and for every person on the face of this earth, and that there will be suffering sometimes when we go through the things that he wants us to do because he is checking out our character. Will they be obedient to do what I've called them to do? Militaries like that. Many times you're going to suffer in boot camp, and they're going to watch to determine, are you going to follow orders? Are you going to do what they, they, they want you to do when they want you to do it? I believe God does the same thing. Now, God doesn't punish us with suffering, but God watches us to see if we will go through those small, narrow places. Abraham did it to the best of his ability at that time. And it says in Romans chapter 4, He did not waver at the promise of God, verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he said he was going to do. And that when we're fully convinced, there is absolutely no doubt, we might as well just patiently wait and endure whatever is there, not becoming lethargic or not becoming slothful, but believing that God is doing a work here. And God is going to open the right door at the right time. He'll continue to close the wrong door. And that I know that God is going ahead and preparing the way. And this is an easy message to share. But as we have lived it, It hasn't been that easy, but when we look back at some of the things, and I know you all have been through them too, and some of the things, I'm glad we went through it because it's preparing you for the next thing. Does that that make sense, what I'm saying? It's like running a marathon. Uh, You don't go out and run a 26-mile marathon. You prepare for it and get in shape so that you can do that. And then that's the same thing spiritually. It's the same thing physically. It's the same thing mentally. Because God, we are going out of here victorious. The world is entering into perilous times. We serve a God who we have a covenant with. And Jesus said, I've come to give you abundant life. And that we are going to be in a position to finish this race really strong by faith and by patience. And really what we learn through all this will help somebody else. How many of you, God's put somebody in your path that you can say, oh, I've been there, and you are going to make it? How many of you would love to hear that word? (laughs) You are going to make it. You are going to inherit the promise. They can say that to you, but they can't make it happen for you. But, But the things that have happened to us, we can help people see that, yes, if you keep doing what God's telling you to do and being being alert in the patience in the wait. Being alert to do whatever it is God gives you to do in that time and not become sluggish. What that means is, you know, don't just sit around, you know, waiting. Some people are in the pews just waiting for for the trumpet. You know, that's not really what we're called to do. (laughs) We're supposed to be active and alert and doing things to make sure other people get to go when the trumpet sounds, not just us in our seat. And so those things that we've walked through, we can help other people walk through. And, uh, and and I believe that's what God's going to do in these last days. He's, he's saved people and delivered people so that they can have courage to go and help other people get out of those situations. Yeah. Let's all stand. Every promise that God has ever made to you through his written word to all of us, 
and through your prayer journal that the things God has spoken to you, they are going to come to pass because God is going ahead and he's preparing the way. Vicki, how's uh, Will's father doing? Still progressing? Will's father in Chicago. We need to pray for him. He 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 is a is a absolute miracle. They didn't think he was going to make it, and uh, and he is really recovering well from what was originally diagnosed as a heart attack, I believe. And is that correct or what, whatever they they thought it was? But Father, we do lift up Will's father. We thank you. There is absolutely no distance in the realm of the spirit. We rebuke the devourer. And we thank you, Lord, that he will live and not die and that he will proclaim your goodness and that all that he has been through is going to be used as a testimony for him. We thank you that the power of the healing blood of Jesus has gone through that man and that it has been a witness to the medical personnel, to all of the family, and that we believe that people are going to get saved through this and people are going to come back to you through this. In the precious name of Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you the most important question you will ever answer because it affects your eternity. Do you know if you died today, you'd go to be with Jesus? Maybe you're here and you've never acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or, or maybe you're here and you're like that prodigal child. You, you know that you have walked away from the things of God. I have great news for you. God still loves you, but he wants you to come home. He wants you to have the assurance that whenever your life on this earth ends, you will be with him. And if you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I know my life is not right with God. And I know that I need to come back to Jesus or maybe for you, it's just to come to him for the first time. But if I described you, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand in the air. We're going to pray for you. We'll take just a moment. Let the Holy Spirit move. I see your hand over here. Are there others you say you've described me today? I know that my life is not right. We're going to take just a moment because... If you are here, the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you if we have described you. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Now, brother, I'm going to ask you to come down here with me, if you would. Come on down here. Give him a hand as he, as he comes. Stretch your hands out here toward him. We are glad that you're here tonight. Father, we thank you for this young man. We thank you for the plan, for the purpose that you have for his life. We thank you that he's going to fulfill it. And that the journey to fulfill that plan has started this evening, the moment he lifted his hand. He lifted his heart to you. And I thank you that this is a, a night of new beginnings in Jesus' precious name. Now let's pray this together. We're going to pray this with you, my friend. Let's pray together now. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. 
I've sinned and I've made mistakes. But tonight I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be everything you desire for me to be. Got a word there, honey? I just, uh, all I hear is the word robbery, that you have been robbed, uh, like, like held up or along the way and just robbed of the things that you've believed that God promised you and that, and they've been robbed from you. And so we take authority and dominion over the thief because he's the robber, not people, but he comes to steal to kill and destroy and there is a promise of God over your life but that's been stolen those things that you've hoped for those things that you've dreamed for those things that you thought were going to work out all right and they haven't worked out the way you think it was robbery it was the devil and in Jesus name I loose you from his control over your life maybe you've even made decisions that have opened a door but in Jesus name today we are shutting the door in Jesus name over your life that all the promises of God are yes and amen and you inherit them they're not about your behavior but what will stop you from getting them is the enemy lying to you and stealing from you and so we command in the name of Jesus the blessings of God to begin to flow again in your life and that the words that you've heard even deep in your heart and the things that you've believed for and stood for you're going to see them come to pass as you wait upon the Lord and look to him as your total source and not people you need to let those people go that have disappointed you let those people go that appear to be the ones that have robbed let them go because they're not the source it's the lies of the enemy that are the source and that not being able to let them go will hold you to that horrible torment in the name of Jesus I loose you tonight to be the young man to be the man God called you to be for this season in the earth in Jesus name and all the blessings of God to come upon your life as you put one foot in front of the other and go after God with everything that's in you in Jesus name in Jesus let's give the Lord a hand tonight Brad you take over there now I want you all to know that Pam and I have not arrived in this area of faith and patience. We are still growing in that area, and so are you. How many of you, this word was for you tonight? Can I see your hands? Honey, why don't you pray for everybody and uh, however you feel led? Father, we thank you tonight that your word is true, and we hold your word above every other thing, and that you and your word have put that word in there to inspire us. In that, in that particular chapter, it's people who know truth, but it says they're not progressing in my Bible. In other words, they're not moving ahead. And we loose every person here tonight to move ahead, to progress, to grow in their understanding of faith and patience and what it means to inherit promises, not to work for the promise, but to work the things of God in their lives that God is trying to work on to change who they are in their character to be all that you've called them be so that they can inherit that promise so they can walk in it and walk in the fullness of it I bind condemnation tonight in Jesus name how many of you felt condemnation like maybe if this is 
your fault. You're the bad guy. And that's why those things aren't coming to pass. If that's you, yeah, I see your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, I bind condemnation. You are not a God who condemns. In fact, you said that you came not to condemn the world, Jesus, but that through you the world would be saved. So I bind condemnation. I bind guilt. I bind the lies of the enemy that are taking your thinking away from the promise that God wants you to inherit. And in Jesus' name, I encourage all of you tonight, let go of people that you think even yourself, let go of yourself, hindering the plan of God. Because if your heart is for Jesus and you make a decision, I am going after God with everything that's in me. He will make a way where there is no way because he is the one that has made the promise and he is the one that will cause you to inherit the promise. And so we thank you for tonight. We give you praise. I want you to say this. My God has promised that he will deliver me from every work of the enemy. My focus is on who he is, not on who the devil is. My focus is on Jesus and not on myself. I release any person that would be hindering me. God, show me if there are hindrances that are causing me to let go of my faith and patience and focus on negative things. I give it to you. I walk by faith and not by sight, and I will inherit all the promises God has for me in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Go and be blessed. God is good. Amen. And he